Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Unapologetic, a podcast about defending, not apologizing, for your Christian convictions. As those of you who have followed the podcast for any length of time have probably realized, we haven't had episodes in a very long time. Uh, that, that pains me, in part because I, I like doing this podcast, I enjoy the process of it, and in part because I have been humbled by what the Lord has done through it and how it has helped uh, many of you and helped me, honestly, think through things. Uh, So I I do want to get back to doing it. Uh, Life in other areas has been rather busy with some some unexpected ups and downs, which is probably right in line with the theme of 2020, to be honest. But as I've thought about it, I haven't exactly known what I wanted to come back and say. There are a lot of topics that we haven't talked about in apologetics and theology, and there are many topics we should talk about again, and many people have come into the podcast in the middle. But as I look at where we are, at least in the United States, in this national moment, it doesn't really seem like that many people are asking questions about the two natures of Christ, and is that really something we can believe, and isn't that off-putting, or, or asking questions about how science and Christianity cohere, and I, I know people are still asking these questions, but I haven't necessarily, uh, I haven't seen that as much, and I haven't felt like I had the, the emotional energy just being transparent to come and talk about these topics. I, I believe them. Don't misunderstand me. I think they're important, and we will talk about them, Lord willing, in the future. But what it has seemed like we need is almost a new apologetic for a new time. You know, this podcast is, is being recorded after the storming of the, the U.S. Capitol, and we see signs outside of the Capitol about Jesus 2020 when people are breaking in, and we see signs that say Jesus saves. And, and while some of this, I think, has been misunderstood by the media, for instance, the Jesus saves guy actually seems like he goes to many different kinds of protests and calls on people to repent. I don't think he's a Christian nationalist, but maybe I'm misinformed. There is a problem with people linking too closely their faith in Christ, their Christianity, and America. In the United States and its its direction and its morality and things like that. And so it, it seems like we need to be able to give a, a word to a watching world that is compelling. Because they're not asking, well, does Christianity make intellectual sense right now? I think they're asking, is it good? And maybe they're not even asking that question. They've come to the conclusion. It's bad. It's a threat to our nation. It's a perversion of something. And I can understand on one level why people would think that. So I want to bring us back to 1 Peter 3.15 to see something maybe from a different angle than we've often considered that passage when and if we have. And here's what it says. Peter says, Set Christ apart as Lord in your hearts and always be ready to give an answer, give a defense, about the hope you possess in Christ Jesus. And he continues, Yet do so with courtesy and respect, keeping a good conscience so that those who slander your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame when they accuse you. There's so much in there that applies right to this moment. The first point that I want to make from this passage, though, is hope. The, the passage assumes that we will need to give an answer about our hope. We, we will receive a question in response to our hope, and that is when we give a defense. Now, I don't think that's the only time you can give a defense for your convictions. That's not my point. I'm saying it presupposes that Christians will be seen to have hope, a hope in Christ. And my question for us today is, where is that hope? looking at my own heart, looking at the, the lives of people around me and the text messages I've seen and the posts on social media, can Christians be accused of and even be convicted of having hope? Well, some of them do. Some Christians right now seem to have more hope because Biden is in office. I think that's concerning for a few reasons. Many Christians don't seem to have hope because Biden's in office, and I think that's concerning for at least a few reasons. 
because the common thread running throughout our nation today, there are many, is it has been one of fear, or now it's one of hope, or it was one of hope, and now it's one of fear, simply because of who is in the White House. And that's a very unchristian response. That's a very unchristian heart posture, where my emotional state, my hope, my feelings about the future are dependent on who is in power in our nation. And I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of yo-yo in response to that, up and down, depending on the political tides. That's not a Christian posture. And in fact, it's, it's uh, historically novel that Christians could even have that kind of posture because often they have not been the ones in any kind of political power, especially early on as we look at Christian history. But there are those now that seem hopeless. Now, if you ask them that, they'd say, no, I have hope in Christ. But you look at how they, they act and what they say and their tone and their demeanor, and they don't come across as having hope because Trump is no longer in office. Or maybe, maybe it's not so much about Trump, but maybe it's simply because Biden is in office. And I do think there's a nuance and a distinction there that matters. And so because Biden is in office, they don't have hope. Well, that's not good. We should not despair because of who is in the White House. But what about a different group of people? There are those who had little hope when Trump was in the White House, and now that Biden is in there, they have hope. And I would simply say, once again, having your hope depend on who is in the White House is the wrong response. But also, like, let's not pretend that there's some kind of moral neutrality here. Biden's conquest in favor of transgenderism and abortion and against religious liberty is going to have grave impacts on our society. Like, these things are not in concert with biblical Christianity, and hence they will not lead to human flourishing. Now, I'm not trying to get into the whole election debate and who should we vote for and who should we not. I'm just simply saying Biden is not ushering in the second coming. Biden is not ushering in the, the, the promised land. Right? This is not the new heavens and the new earth. While he does comport himself with a, a genteel civility that has been sorely lacking, and he actually acts like someone who should be in the White House with how he talks and handles himself in many ways, the policies he's pushing— by all accounts, are, are not in line with what's actually good for people in accordance with a, a biblical worldview. Some of them are, some of them will not be. But that's important. But regardless of that distinction, our hope should not be in a person. I should not be depressed because of who's in the White House. I'm, I'm just going to run the risk of repeating myself, but I think that's such an important point because the scriptures assume that Christians are a hopeful people, but a hopeful people in Christ, in the promises of God, in his providence to carry out and bring about his promises in our lives now and in the life to come. When we read the Sermon on the Mount and we see at the beginning the Beatitudes, you know, one way of translating those are, flourishing are those who are poor in spirit. Flourishing are those that are persecuted. And that might seem like a contradiction. How can that be? Because there is more to this life. In fact, the ultimate reality, the ultimate purpose of this life is not some kind of Western comfort, but it's a spiritual flourishing according to living according to God's design, living in accordance with who he has made us to be. And yes, the law can help or detract from that, but it does not assume that we are only flourishing if we have political power, or if the law is on our side. It actually presupposes that perhaps true flourishing is found in realizing all you have to cling to is Christ. And I don't see largely Christians responding and thinking in that way. And that is deeply concerning to me, because the best apologetic from one perspective at this cultural moment we can give for Christianity is hope, but not in any mere man 
but in the God-man. And this isn't me just trying to say, like, this world doesn't matter. All that matters is a heavenly reality. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying this world matters, but in a different way because of heavenly realities. I think if we are heavenly minded, we will actually be earthly good. But far too many people are basing their emotional state and their intuitions and so many other things on what is only true here and now and maybe different in a year or in four years. One of the the things that kind of helped me think through this a little bit was talking with a friend of mine who's a a missionary in another country, and he was talking about just how incredibly secular this city is that he lives in, and it's been really hard to make inroads with the gospel. I suspect he's actually been um, more effective there by, by the Lord's doing than he realizes, but he talked about how one person seemed open to come and hear about the gospel, and he asked this person, well, you're an atheist, like, why are you, why do you want to hear about Christianity? And the person said, well, I had a friend who had a miscarriage, and she's a Christian, And I saw the hope and the peace she had in the face of this. Not that it wasn't difficult, but I saw it, it, and I wanted wanted that. I wanted to understand that. And maybe this is the kind of thing, maybe that's a picture, a, a sliver of a picture of what the scriptures talk about when it says that we can have peace that surpasses all understanding. That we have a hope that is not from this world. And when we actually have those things, which we should have regardless of if anyone is going to see us or not, People who do see us will take note. Really, you don't, you don't care uh, as much about what's happening in the White House as everyone else? Your emotional state isn't as dependent on that? Do you just not know? Well, we could say, well, I do know, but you're also right. My, my emotions don't depend on it because my hope is not found in it. My identity doesn't rest in it. I think that can be a remarkable thing for us to show people. You think of those in the scriptures that have been countercultural and stood up uh, to regimes and dictators. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I'm not saying that we're in that same kind of situation. I am saying those who showed a different character and had a different demeanor shone through. And they were noticed. And they were able to give an account. They were able to give a defense for the hope they had, the hope in God and his promises. And I think that's what we need to do today. No one cares about how much postmodernism we can refute and how we can articulate science and Christianity and how they're complementary and a Christian sexual ethic. No one cares about that kind of thing if they don't even think Christianity is good or worth pursuing on, on the one hand. Why would I want to uh, reason through a religion that seems immoral? Right? That's the kind of apologetic we need to be prepared to give. And maybe we'll talk about that more in the future. How to show that Christianity is good, not just that it's true. But that apologetic is not less than us. We are the apologetic. We are walking letters, walking signs of what we believe is true. People fret about the things they value most. People despair over the things they value most. People uh, excite over the things that, that they value most. Right? See what you can sit and talk with someone about for hours, and you will found probably one of the things that's most important to them. Well, how does that look if we evaluate ourselves on that standard? So, let's go back to that passage just quickly as we end. Set Christ apart as Lord in your hearts. We should ask ourselves, have we done that? Or am I functionally acting like something or someone else is Lord in, tor- in terms of where I'm pointed, what excites me, what disappoints me? And always be prepared to give an answer for the hope you possess. We should be having hope. But here's, the, here's another area which we could have a whole podcast on. Yet do so with courtesy and respect, keeping a good conscience so that those who slander your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame. 
far too many times the way we are discussing the happenings in the world and perhaps even Christianity is not demonstrating the grace that Christianity is actually about. There are certain inter-Christian debates, like about Calvinism or Arminianism or things like that, where we're literally debating the grace of God, and far too often it's not marked by any grace at all. That should not be. But how much more so when we're talking about things that only exist in this life, like politics? Do we not even behave with a grace? Because I think we are too focused on the things that are here. And that this point, this whole podcast, transcends sides of the aisle. I see a problem that goes right down the middle and right through both sides and probably right through almost everyone's heart, including my own. We should be ready to give an answer. Yes, traditional apologetics. Yes, it's important. But it flows out of us having a hope in Christ. And when we give that answer, when we articulate that hope, we should do it with courtesy and respect because we're talking to other image bearers of God. They might not agree with us on politics. They might not agree with us on God, but God created them in his image. And if we care about the flourishing of people, we'll talk with them like we care about their flourishing, not just push for policies that are better for their flourishing. Well, who knows when the next episode will be? The Lord does, but I hope this has been helpful. Until next time.